You're listening to episode 16 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. She's got, She's skills. got skills. My name's Terry Fisher, and here's the deal. Voice technology is changing so fast, and I'm trying my best to keep up with it. I'm here to learn everything I can about Alexa, so you and I can figure her out, and so we can make our lives more organized, relaxed, stress-free, and even have some fun. Let's learn some skills. So welcome to episode number 16. It's great to have you with us uh, today. Today we've got a really fun topic. We are talking about voice-first interactive stories. And to do that, I am bringing on a special guest, Katie Ernst, who is the brains behind the Select a Story skill, which has recently been made available here in Canada, uh, to talk a little bit about interactive stories and her skill and what goes uh, into creating a voice-first story where you can talk to Alexa and change the outcome of the story. Uh, My kids are really enjoying this. And as a special little surprise, uh, we have a short uh, cameo appearance by someone who let's say, may or may not be related to me, may or may not be nine years old, and may or may not be my daughter. So stay tuned for that, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Also, I just want to mention that uh, I did have some slight issues with my Wi-Fi, I believe, in recording this. So there's a couple of little spots where uh, the audio just cuts out for a second or two. So uh, I appreciate your, uh, your understanding there, and my apologies for that. Katie Ernst is a lawyer. She is an author. And now she is uh, specifically an interactive story uh, writer and producer of uh, these skills. So she is a great resource when it comes to this type of technology. And I'm really, really excited to bring her on the show. So without any further ado, uh, here is Katie Ernst. So uh, I want to welcome Katie Ernst onto the podcast. Katie, welcome and thank you for being here with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. So as I mentioned, uh, Katie is the... uh, the, the founder of, of Select a Story, and I thought we'd first uh, discuss a little bit about your background, and maybe you could tell our listeners, how did you get involved with this? But even maybe before that, what is your background, and how did you decide to come up with Select a Story? So my background is a little bit circuitous. I went to law school. I graduated in 2007. I practiced law for a firm for about a year and a half, and then I realized that I really didn't like doing that. But also, I thought I would probably enjoy working for a prosecutor's office. But there was hiring freeze everywhere because of the financial crash had happened at this point. And so I was like, okay, I just can't be a lawyer anymore right now. So I was like, well, now what am I going to do with my life? So I ended up writing about 10 novels. And, um, and, uh, I had a literary agent. I still, I still do have a literary agent. And um, I had two children. I then, uh, a, a year, about a year ago, decided, you know, I really, I've always, I did always want to work in a prosecutor's office, but I thought a way to get into doing that would be to clerk for a judge first, which is like you basically do all of his or her legal research and um, you write all the opinions for, in my case, him. So I did. I got a clerkship with the judge. And um, so I'm actually in about six months uh, potentially going to be going to the prosecutor's office. So I'm still on that track. But my job has a lot of downtime and I cannot allow myself to sit and do nothing. I just don't have the capacity. And we got a um, we got an echo and uh, accidentally 
activated the, the game, the magic door. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's like the most popular interactive story game. Yes. I, and I, tried it. I thought, wow, this is, this is really cool. And, but I, but at the same time I was like, you know, I wonder who wrote this, who made this. And I looked up the couple, it's a husband and wife team that, that made it. The wife writes the stories and the husband codes all of it. And, um, as far as I can tell, she doesn't have any particular writing background. And I thought, you know, if, if somebody with a writing background, you know, or in fact, you know, somebody uh, created a company that allowed many writers to create content, um, you know, interact for interactive stories, that that could be really, really amazing. So, um, so that yeah, my husband, actually, I met him in law school. He practiced law for about eight or nine years, hated it. And he about two years ago, he went into software development. And so he did everything for me. Oh, wow. So you've really created this husband and wife team now. Um, seems to be working pretty well. So you do the writing and then he does the, the coding side of things. Is that is that correct? Is that the way it works? So right now, yes. Yeah. So the first story, I wrote the story and, and he coded all of it. And now I'm actually um, working with a number of authors to bring other authors' work to the platform. So it wouldn't just be my writing. Oh, I see. Oh, that's great. And so what made you decide to to sort of tackle the voice first platform as opposed to continuing on with writing novels, you know, the, the more sort of traditional type of novel. What, 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 is it, what was it that appealed to you about the voice first platform and audio and that aspect of, of the technology? I think there's something really in, there's just something magical almost about talking to a device and it doing what you say to it. I mean, it's very, I mean, of course there's always the comparisons to, you know, Star Trek next generation and, um, uh, you know, I grew up with that and I, I you know, I loved, uh, love Star Trek. And, um, so yeah, it, there's just something amazing about like, you know, that there's a story and then you talk to it and then it does what you, you tell it to do. I mean, that, that's just, it's very fun, but also from a, from a monetary perspective, uh, when I first started writing, if somebody would have said that they were going to self-publish a book, they would have gotten laughed out of the room. I mean, people were very, they, most people didn't self-publish. And if they did, they didn't, they didn't really tell anybody. Mm -hmm. And then about five years ago, there was this just self-publishing explosion where all of these people started making tons and tons of money self-publishing. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I have numerous friends that have, you know, become very wealthy self-publishing romance novels. The, the issue with that though is um, it you can there are certain categories and genres that you can self-publish very successfully, such as um, science fiction, um, fantasy, romance. But there are certain categories that you can't be very successful in, and it's particularly middle grade, which are books that are aimed at eight to twelve year olds and young adult, because most kids actually read paper books; they don't read ebooks. And the way you become successful self-publishing is by selling a ton of ebooks at a low price, um, and because you can't get into a bookstore. Like you can only sell on through Amazon and Barnes and Noble online and that sort of thing. So, um, I tried writing a couple romance novels and I just, it's not for me. I don't have a problem with it. Like I said, I have tons of friends to write romance, but I really, really love writing middle grade. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, like I said, I have an agent and the way that you sell books traditionally is, you know, you have to sell to one of the big five major publishers and it's just a process that takes a really, really long time and you can't really control the process. I mean, even getting agents, extremely difficult to do. Um, 
So this is a way that essentially I can self-publish middle grade books. And I, and I view this voice first revolution as, you know, I'm getting in at the very beginning as if I was getting in at the beginning of like the self-publishing boom uh, from about five years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think there are a lot of opportunities in this space. That's great. Yeah. It, and I, well, I mean, I totally agree with you that this is the beginning of a lot of different sectors. Just gonna, A lot of different sectors are going to be exploding in the near future here with the voice first. And so um, with your with your background, it sounds like this is a perfect perfect fit. Um, I'm sure you had lots of comparisons to the the old like choose your own adventure stories. That's oh, that's yeah. that's how I. I mean, that's the first thing that came to mind when I kind of tried this out. I remember reading those as a kid and choosing your own adventures. And and do you like that comparison? Is that something that you see as a fair comparison to what you're doing with with this these types of skills? Oh yeah, no, that's I, I call them. It's it's essentially a choose your own adventure audio book that you can talk to. That's, that's how I, that's like my brief thing, description of, of how I explain what select a story is. But choose your own adventure is actually a trademarked term that a company, well, trademarked. Um, and so I can't, I can't use it. I couldn't, I couldn't call this a choose your own adventure story. So that's why, you know, we'll say they're interactive stories because, um, well, because choose your own adventure is trademarked. I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, what about in terms of like educational value? Has have, Do you know much about that in terms of have there been studies? Has it shown that this type of interaction with a child helps with comprehension or, or learning or reading skills? That's a very good question. I I don't know the answer to that. I mean, in terms of with an audio choose your own adventure before um, – before this platform, before, you know, we're now on Google Home and on Amazon Alexa, uh, you, there, you couldn't have such a thing because you couldn't have an audiobook that you could interact with. You know what I mean? So, um, but I would imagine it would increase comp, uh, comprehension. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of the sweet spot where each scene is somewhere between like 20 seconds and 90 seconds on Amazon. I don't know if this limitation exists on Google, but on Amazon, your scenes may not be longer than 90 seconds because of the way the coding works. And so um, on the one hand, it can make it difficult to figure out how to get everything you need to get in that shortest space with each scene. But on the other hand, it's perfect because who wants to be sitting there for five minutes before you get to make a choice? So, I mean, so it's like the sweet spot of engagement for children so that they are, you know, constantly, not constantly, but, you know, they're frequently um, getting to make decisions. But at the same token, it's long enough that, you know, they, they, you do have to, you know, really listen to it and, and, you know, hear what's going on. So. Right. Right. And so what has been the, the feedback from this type of stories? Have you got much feedback from, from kids that are using this from parents? What has been the, the reaction to this type of technology? Uh, the feedback has been really, really great. I mean, uh, it's, uh, we've gotten, you know, a number of reviews that are not from anyone that I know or contacted of people saying, oh, you know, my nine-year-old love this. I can't wait for another story. Think, you know, that type of thing. Um, uh, of course, there are always going to be some people who don't like um, what you've done. So, for instance, you know, I have, when I sat down to write this, I thought to myself, because the first story that we made for Select a Story is called Cinder Charming, and it's about it's a, you can basically you can play as either Cinderella or Prince Charming and go on different adventures as either character. And when I sat down to think about how to write Cinderella's side of the story, I thought, okay, what does she need to do? She needs to, um, you know, get out from under her evil stepfamily. And so, how could she go about doing that? Well, obviously, she could do it the traditional way by finding a man, um, and or you know, she could. Uh, and I came up with a whole other way that you could do it. But then I thought, well. The easiest thing you could do is you could just kill them 
Um, <laughs> and um, like, I mean, it just seems like something, it seems like an idea that you would come up with, you know what I mean? And, um, but then I'm like, well, but, you know, children are going to play this. You can't have like killing them, you know, bring success, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. so I was like, okay, well, I'll give that as an option. But then if you, uh, uh, you know, elect to kill your, your step family, then um, you end up dying. Um, it doesn't work out for you. And I figure, well, at least I just don't kill people, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. So, um, but some people found it horrifying that, uh, you know, that you could select to kill your family. And, um, but I think, I think part of my problem, though, is I said, I, I, the option was you can murder your stepfamily. If it would have been, like, avenge your father by, you know, uh, slaying your stepmother, I think people wouldn't have been as offended by it. Oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> but the bottom line is that, that you don't you don't end up killing anybody in the in the story for the for the kids then. No. No. And yeah, no, no, you don't. So, um, but to each their own. So yeah. I had a couple of reviews that people were offended by that, but what can you do? <laughs> well, the <laughs> but ones... then I also noted when people play it, that's always the first choice, always the first thing they choose. You know what I mean? So it's like people. Some people don't like it, but then other people find it very funny. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so. interesting. So although people. Yeah, publicly may not like it, but really when they're playing the game, that's what they're choosing. Huh, that's interesting. Well, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we've played it a number of times with, with my kids and, um, uh, you know, and, and I like, I like the, the variety in the stories and we've, we've played and, and on a quest to, to find a, an egg or, uh, um, or a dragon, I should say, and then there's the dragon voices and this. So it's very, it's not just, for the listeners out there, this isn't just Alexa reading you the story in the Alexa voice. This is narrated with sound effects and all that sort of stuff correct right yes yes so you know uh the magic door that i referenced before they do it with alexa's voice and i know a number of other um games that you know that aren't you know kind of like a choose your own adventure story but you know they'll use alexa's voice but to to listen to her talk for you know 60 to 90 seconds to me would it it would be painful. Like you wouldn't want to do it. I mean, her voice is really, really good for being a computer generated voice, but it's never going to have the same feeling as a human narrator. And I hear people saying like, Oh, well, she'll be, she'll get there soon. And it's like, no, she won't because in order for her to read this as well as a human narrator, she would literally have to be able to comprehend what the story is so that she could put the right emphasis on the right words. And so that she could put the right, you know, emotion into what she's saying and how she's saying it. So to me, I don't, I don't worry about, you know, jobs for narrators anytime soon because human beings are always going to do a better job than a computer in terms of conveying emotion in the appropriate places. Um, but obviously it's, it's pretty expensive to hire a narrator. I mean, a professional narrator, uh, so this, this story is 30,000 words, which is about 120 pages, I believe, 130 pages. And um, so for... For, for that amount of length, um, you, you would, it would cost about $1,000 to pay a narrator to do it. Oh, wow. so, um, uh, so that's why most people don't do that because uh-huh. <laughs> it's expensive. So, uh-huh. but, I mean, that, but we wanted to have a higher quality, so that's what we're doing. So you hired somebody or is this, like, is this somebody that you know or your husband or somebody reading it or you, you have a professional narrator doing it? How did you go about it? So, so luckily, my brother actually does some voiceover work. So he was actually willing to narrate this one for me. But going forward, um, we had been planning on hiring, you know, narrators. But now with us, um, we're starting our own podcast. And um, 
So we bought a bunch of equipment, which we haven't set up yet to um, record that. And I'm like, well, wait, if we have all this recording equipment and everything else, why don't we just narrate it ourselves and it would save us a lot of money. So that's what we're going to do. Well, um, what I'd like to do now as a little surprise to our um, to our listeners is bring on uh, a big fan of Select a Story, my daughter, who is a <laughs> nine-year-old uh, user of Select a Story. And when she heard I was interviewing you, she was excited to ask you a couple of questions of her own uh, to get to talk to a real author because she's a, she loves books and she loves reading and um, she's very excited. So here she is, my daughter. It's nice to meet you. How long did it take to write the story? Well, believe it or not, I actually sat down to write it one week when my boss was on vacation and I thought, okay, I have a week to write this. So I wrote it all in one week. And all together with all of the different scenes, if you go down every single path, there's 130 scenes. So that is about the length of a novel that's written for, um, for a person about your age. How did you think of writing it? So you mean like, how did I come up with the ideas? Yeah. So the thing that's interesting about this kind of writing, I've written a number of novels before. Um, and when you are writing a novel, you sit down and you think, oh, what should I have happen next? And you have to think about like the best thing that you could have happen uh, or, you know, what you want to have, you know, in this story. Whereas with this type of thing, it's like, what do I want to have happen next? And then it's like, well, you could have two or three things because you, you have different choices. So, um, I thought that Cinderella is always an interesting story um, and you can do a lot of things with it. And um, so I thought, well, we know what Cinderella wants. She wants to get away from her evil step family. But then I thought, well, but if you did the story from the prince's perspective, what does the prince want? And I thought it would be kind of boring if all he wanted was to find a, a wife. So I thought, well, maybe the prince you know, really wanted a, a dragon, uh, a, a pet dragon, and he needed to get a dragon's egg. And then I thought of different ways that he could go about doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's how I came up with it. Why did you want to make this story? Um, well, uh, I was, I, you know, that's a good question. Why did I want to make this story? Um, I actually was initially planning on writing about three different fairy tales. I was going to do Cinderella, and then I was going to do um, uh, Hansel and Gretel, and I was going to do another one. And I didn't realize how big this would become. So when I started writing this, I thought I was going to write all three of them in that week. But then I, when I realized this was going to be so big, then I just ended up writing Cinderella. So I still need to sit down and write the other ones. Did you make any other things? Um, I haven't. My I haven't written another story yet. My husband is actually writing a story right now about a boy who gets trans, or he can he finds a transporter that he can take to go to alternate universes. Um, so that will probably be the next story. And also, I have an author who is writing a story about a kid who gets transformed into an insect. So that will also be a story coming up, most likely. Um, I don't know if I'm going to write another one soon. Thank you for answering my questions. Well, thank you for asking them. Thanks a lot for answering her questions, Katie. I know she had a lot of fun interviewing you. Moving along, 
So what's the future here for Select the Story? What's the plan going forward? So the plan is to add more stories and build it up in that way. We, when we started, we started as being labeled a children's skill, and then we moved over to being labeled a game, one, so that we didn't have to worry about any kind of content restrictions, even though we don't plan to have anything graphic. Um, but also because of the way that American law works, um, if you have a skill that is um, aimed quote unquote aimed at children, then you have to have all of these restrictions um, in terms of how it's presented. And so the way that that ends up working is that in the United States, uh, the skills that are labeled for children, you have to enable them in your app before you can use them on the device, which is obviously very limiting um, for people. And then they're not even allowed in any other country because the you know, one didn't want to have to figure out all the laws to all of the other countries, I guess. Um, so, um, anyway, that's why we were initially not available in Canada. Um, and then once we were labeled a game, then we could expand out to all the other territories. So the idea is to add, add new, um, stories and, um, get the word out about the product. I I guess the reason I brought up the children's thing is because when we moved categories, our user numbers just plummeted. And I think it's because like, we had been building up in that category and then now we're back, you know, kind of rebuilding all over again. So um, hopefully it'll keep picking up. Well, as I said, uh, and, you know, evident from the conversation you had with my daughter, you know, we, we enjoy this skill in our family. It's been a lot of fun listening to it. Um, as I've said, um, I really enjoy the dragon voice. I actually have featured this and written a review on my website at uh, alexincanada.ca slash skills. Um, and I, and I, I like can I say I think it's great it's uh it's entertaining and uh, and the kids really seem to like it so congratulations on all that um, oh thank you I think you're doing a great job well um, congratulations on everything you're doing <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you uh, it's a lot of fun it's a it's a great time to be involved in Voice First it's a very exciting time I see it kind of um, as I've said before kind of like to how it was when there was the big app boom about ten years ago when the iPhone first came out and everybody was kind of scrambling to get involved in it because it's very exciting stuff so. Yeah. Um, that's great. Um, where can people uh, learn a little bit more about you if they want to check out what you're doing and, and see what's up? So you can go to selectastory.com and then um, you can find everything there. And then I'm also on Twitter at selectastory. Um, I, there's also a Facebook page, but I, I communicate a lot on Twitter and uh, the website will always be updated. So those are the two main places. Wonderful. Okay. Well, again, thanks very much, Katie, for spending a little bit of time uh, with us and discussing uh, voice first technology and interactive stories and specifically select the story. It's great to uh, get your perspective. And um, again, congratulations. And uh, I look forward to chatting with you uh, more in the future. Yes, me too. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. So there you have it. A big, big thank you to Katie Ernst one more time for uh, spending some of her time with us on the podcast. Uh, She is a leader in this uh, area of voice-first technology. Uh, Feel free to check out her skill uh, and other skills that I have reviewed at alexaincanada.ca slash skills. And of course, as usual, I will have the links in the show notes to things that we discussed today. You can find those links at alexaincanada.ca slash 16 for this 16th episode. 
A big, big thank you to you, the listener, again, for your uh, continued support of the podcast and the Flash Briefing. It's very much appreciated, of course. And uh, we've got some other big things coming up in the near future, so stay tuned. Uh, if you're not on our mailing list, uh, you can subscribe through the website because I do have uh, something special that is coming up. Um, it will first be announced through the mailing list. Um, take care, everybody, and until next week, um, have a great week. She's got, She's skills. got skills.